We've been talking about taking joy in God, people, and the church. But, but we need to take joy in God and then everything else will work out. And we've been talking about how that joy is a supernatural joy, that it lasts forever, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that the joy of the Lord is an attribute of a believer. The fruits of the Spirit is what? Love and joy. Joy is an attribute of the believer, but it comes from that connection to God. That comes from that relationship with God. That's what gives it. That's what provides it. And it's there when we believe. And it's ours. We need to hang on to that. We need to take joy in that. I could tell you another joke today. But it doesn't last forever. What was Boaz like before he met Ruth? He was ruthless. You got it. Huh? That was funny. But a lot of you said, that's dumb. A lot of you said, you're a crazy knuckle. Who said they man over there? They're supposed to support me. But God's love lasts forever. And it's a, a supernatural joy that he gives us. And it lasts forever as well. Before we move into that, I wondered... Uh, we got several prayer requests today, and, and one that, that Janet Diggs had, had sent us and put out on the emails to pray for Doris Little. Uh, she's by, fighting the COVID, and we need to really pray for her. And, and, and anyway, uh, let's do that now. Does anybody else have prayer requests that, that are, we need to lift? We got one over here. Anybody else? See, we're seeing hands across the room. Uh, we had uh, some funerals yesterday, but they were celebrations. Both of them knew the Lord, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But keep the Overman family in your prayers, and keep the Souter family in your prayers. But we've seen hands lifted across the room that, that we need God to intervene. And just like God wants to intervene in salvation, he wants to intervene in your life in these situations here. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we do lift all these hands and these, these petitions we lift to you today. Father, we lay them at your feet. And Father, we trust that you will move in each and every one of these situations. Father, that there would be healing in the lives of the people that, that are requesting it today. Father, we ask for a special healing upon doors today. Father, we speak uh, against the COVID across this nation and the ones that it's attacking now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask that healing would begin to run through their bodies. The blood of Jesus' healing would run through them. And Father, we again just lift all these requests before you today and thank you in advance because you are God and you are the one that brings the healing and the peace and all that we need. And we take joy in you today. And we love you very much today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be reading today from Ecclesiastes 7. And I heard this yesterday at Roseanne's funeral. When her brother was speaking, he read this scripture. 
Actually, he read a lot from Ecclesiastes, and, and he did a blowout job. I thought he did awesome. And I walked up to him afterwards, and I said, I'm going to steal that. And he said, it's just the Word of God. It's yours anyway. And I go, brother, you spent a lot of time on that. And he goes, I, I spent hours on that. But he did a beautiful job yesterday explaining things. But, but this one particular scripture, I couldn't shake. And, and, and when I can't shake something, I began to pray about it. And that's what I'm going to preach on today. And so anyway, again, this is fresh off the press. Bear with me. But, but Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 5 says this. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. Now, I've smelled some perfumes, and that's truth. Uh, I can't even wear cologne. Half of them make my eyes run. So a reputation is very important. But a godly reputation, I believe, is what he's talking about here, and it's most important. But he goes on to say, and the day you die is better than the day you're born. I couldn't get that off my mind yesterday. Think about that. The, the day you die is better than the day you were born. Hmm. I want us to think on that. That's going to be the first point today. Then it goes on to say, better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. That really caught my eye. It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. And that's going to be point number two today. He goes, after all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. Three, sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. And, and he was saying that yesterday, that, that when we go through hard times, it refines us and influences us to be better people. I'm not going to get into that much today. Maybe we will. I don't know. For a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time. And to me, that kind of ties into one and two, that we need to focus on eternal life more than partying and more than the things of this world. And a lot of times we spend all of our time on doing the next fun thing or doing the, the, the next party scene. When we need to be focusing on, most importantly, where we're going to be spending eternal life. You know, I think Joshua and Karen are a lot alike. They, they want to go on every cruise ship there is. Uh, Karen wants to go on a vacation once a month. Karen wants to go to every fun thing in the world. Joshua's the same way. Man, if you can go to this or go to that, I'm here to have a good time. Well, me and Amy, we're the godly ones, you know. We like to stay at home. We like to just be involved with the Lord. No, I'm just not the, that type of person. I, I'm really, I would rather stay home and work than go on vacation. If you ask my kids my favorite, what my favorite birthday was, they're going to tell you building fence. And I'll never forget that day. We were down here on the south end of the property. It was hot and miserable, no air. And they were complaining because they had to build fence on my birthday. That was my birthday present. And I loved it. That's me. But what the word is saying is, is that, and I'm not saying there's things wrong with going, with being like Karen and Joshua or being like me and Amy. But the thing is, we all need to focus on our relationship with the Lord. That should be the number one focus. Eternity, this world is just a whisper. It's just a word in a book. 
Think about that. Have you ever read a 700-page book? Uh, this life is, is one word of a 700-page book. Everything that's good and going to go on and that forever is in the other part. And I'm not saying not to enjoy life and to have fun. Yes, you do. Joel's already said that. The minute you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your life begins. But our focus is eternity. A wise person thinks a lot about death while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. So, Father, we just lift this word to you today. And, Lord, I ask that you say what you want to say today and that, that I would get out of the way. And, Father, open our ears to receive from you. And, Lord, I ask that if people are listening out there and, and, and they're not saved, that they'd be saved. Father, if there's people in this room today that aren't saved, I ask that they would confess you and believe today. In Jesus' name. The day you die is better than the day you were born. Wow. I got to thinking about that. I was looking around here to see if Kyle and Giselle are here today. I don't think they are. You know, Giselle just had a baby, baby Micah. Beautiful baby. Wonderful baby. I've, already, I've taken joy in the baby. I've enjoyed the baby yesterday and at board meeting the other night. I've enjoyed this baby. And the Lord said is, the day you die is better than the day you were born. Then I think about Robert and Julie. I always like to do it to people, first-time grandpas. And I walk up to them and I said, hey, Robert, how you doing, grandpa? And I kind of rub it in. And most of the time, people give me a hard time back. But Robert said, that's okay. You can call me grandpa. It's pretty cool. Call me grandpa. Because it's an awesome thing. But the word is saying it's, it's, it's better when you die than when you're born. Wow. Man, when you're born and you got a new baby, there isn't anything more awesome, is there? You know, when I think about Kyle, and I hope you're listening, Kyle, because I want to get this dig in. You know, it was a miracle that he found a wife, praise God. And then he had a miracle, he had a baby. And that's another miracle, and, and it's a wonderful thing. And, and he, man, he was shining yesterday. He was like, have you seen my baby? And I said, yeah, he asked me that 20 times now. You know, he's excited about it. But the Bible says the day you die is better than the day you are born. And that just played with my mind all day yesterday because a lot of times when a believer dies, do we respond the same way? Are we that excited to be with Christ? In other words, I talk to you how excited it is to have a baby, to be a baby, but when you're in the Lord and you die, it's even better. It's an exciting thing. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is my gain. Paul was saying, man, as long as God wants to keep me here, I'll keep winning souls. But man, I'm looking forward to being with Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, yes, we are of, of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
Man, the day we die is even better than the day we are born because we achieve Jesus for all eternity. Now, you scholars will correct me and you'll say, no, we achieve Jesus at salvation. That's true, but it's for all eternity. We're with him. Man, yesterday I enjoyed them funerals. I enjoyed talking about Roseanne and hearing about her because she was faithful to the Lord. Man, she's reaping a harvest that's unbelievable today. She's in the presence of God. Then I go down to Helen Suter's uh, Kirkmeyer funeral, and, and man, same deal. She was a believer. She's a godly person. And man, it was a beautiful day. Uh, people text me and said, man, you've had a long day. Actually, I had two people text me and said, we prayed for you today because we knew it would be a long day for you. My response was, ma'am, and I hit home, I changed my clothes and went and laid the floor at Amy's house because it didn't wear me out. I was enjoying it. I was refreshed and renewed in the hope of the Lord. Then I went home and took the Advil because I worked too hard because <laughs> I, I worked my body too much. I was by myself carrying the four blades last night. You see, being in Christ doesn't wear you out. Being in the world wears you out. So when that scripture says there, the day you die is better than the day you are born, it's because you've achieved all eternity. And again, I'm not downplaying babies. I love babies. I love people. But I'm up playing eternal life. I'm up playing Jesus because he's all that matters. Do we know Jesus this way today? Are we like the Apostle Paul? It is, man, it's, it's great to be here, but to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. Do we want to be with the Lord more than anything else? Do we love him more than anything else? Where will you spend eternity? Because that's the second point here. It is better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. What Solomon was saying is to spend time at funerals because they make you and help you examine yourself. It makes you think about things. It makes you think about life. I'll be honest with you here today. I'm going to lay my heart out at you. But but when I'm contacted to do a funeral, the first thing that I want to know was that person saved or not. Because then I know whether it's going to be easy or hard. It is extremely hard to do a funeral for somebody that does not know the Lord. Very hard. Because there is no hope for that person. And the only hope there is is to share salvation with that family. And so I kid you not, when I don't know somebody, to be honest with you, I didn't know the Kirkmeyer personally. I knew of her but the first thing went through my mind was she saved. And I went and talked to dad and dad said, oh, she was a good person before I could even ask him that. And he shared that how this gal that hadn't even been around him in years had sent him a picture frame of, of the church, the 1948 church that doesn't, you don't sit anymore. You can see the foundations over on the north side. Why is that significant to dad? Because we don't have very many pictures of it. 
And it blessed him that she sent that to him. And I think he said she put it in the frame. But that showed me the heart of this lady that, that, that she loved people and loved God so much that that would touch him that she took the time to do it when she hadn't seen him in years. But it's extremely easy to do a funeral for somebody that, doesn't, that does know the Lord compared to somebody that doesn't. So funerals, spend your time there because it gives you a chance to examine yourself. I examine myself and think, man, Roseanne, the things I hear about her and, and, and Helen Suter and the things that Kirk Mile and the things I heard about her, they're so awesome. Am I living for God like that? Or are there some things in my life that I need to work on? <laughs> Kyle just texted me. He, he's, he's listening. <laughs> it just popped up across my screen. He said, I'm putting the baby down right now. <laughs> he said, that's a joke because yesterday the baby fell asleep at the funeral. And I said, that was because of the preaching, right? So that's, he's giving me a jab back there. So. But I'm relieved when I hear that they know the Lord. But when I hear the answer, maybe. And then I hear the people say, you know, he was baptized as a baby or she was dedicated as a baby. But I never hear that they confess Jesus as Lord. And let's be straight with the way that we believe that you can, you know, baptize your baby. You can dedicate your baby. That's good until the age of accountability. But they must confess Jesus and believe Jesus as Lord themselves. And we need to make a point that our children, that we know Jesus, that we believe and confess him as our Lord. But when I hear no, oh, that tears me up because it's not a, it's not a celebration. What happens usually is family members try to convince me that they're saved and they, they try to get me to say from the pulpit, well, you just say that they've gone to heaven. And I won't do it. If they know they're not saved, I will not say they're going to heaven. What I usually say is, my God is a just God. My God has gave them every opportunity to accept him, because that's what the Bible says. And it was their choice. It's up to them. But I know my God is fair and faithful. And again, I got a lot of looks when I said that. But when I know and the family says they were not saved, I will not say they are in heaven. The other myth that I hate with a passion, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody today, but another angel entered heaven. Guys, the believer is above the angels. We're children of God. Don't say that. And I'm not knocking angels today. They're below us. The Bible says, I am the way. This is Jesus talking. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the way to heaven. 
I can remember doing several funerals of people that had no hope for their loved one that had passed away. And I had to just share them the hope of Jesus Christ for them and there. I don't know how many times I've been asked to pray. Well, would you pray, Pastor, that they get saved? Guys, once you draw your last breath, it's done. I bet I get asked once a year, can you pray that they're saved and entered heaven? Don't work that way. What about the believer today? What about you and me? Are we actively involved with Jesus? This is point three. Or are you active invo- actively involved in sin or both? Or better yet, if you died right now, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven because you confess and believe Jesus is Lord? The Bible says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. You guys get that? And such were some of you. In other words, past tense. When we're saved, we don't continue operating in these things. We're saying we want God more than these things. The verse goes on to say, because you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the Spirit of our Lord God. Let's look at another one in Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who did such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You're walking in unrighteousness if you're living actively knowing, willfully choosing to do these things. If you're doing these things, I think you're in a dangerous spot. Come on up here. Come up a little closer. Trying to get her on camera. What concerns me in this day and age is that many believers are going back to the old life. And that's a a bad place to be. 
because they're not finding satisfaction in Jesus Christ. They're not finding fulfillment in the Word of God anymore in church or in their relationship with Jesus, whatever it may be. And they're going back to those things. What concerns me in all this is Adam and Eve did the same thing. When they were in the garden, God just asked them to do one thing, not eat of the apple. One thing. And they convinced themselves it was okay. They went back to their old way of thinking. It was okay, and what did God do? He removed them from the garden. If we're sitting here today thinking that we can actively, willingly walk in sin and, and spit in God's face, spit in the church's face, spit in everybody's face, you're crazy. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can adjust the scripture as much as you want to fit your lifestyle, but when the rubber hits the road, God cannot allow unrighteousness in heaven. We well, say, oh, pastor, I'm saved. But I believe you can walk away from your salvation. I believe like Adam and Eve, you can say, God, that you're good, but I want this more. And that's the person I'm talking to today. It's a hard message today. But I feel the Lord's telling me again, as we started off today, that God pursues us. God is pursuing you right now. God is pursuing me right now. God is pursuing the worst of the worst person right now. God desires that all of us are to be saved and be in a knowledge and understanding of him. God desires to have relationship with us. God gave his son so that we could be together. So don't be going, oh, God's word's too tough. No, God has given us grace, sufficient, sufficient grace to overcome. Point four today I wanted to share. All of you guys got it going on. Many of these things minister to you today, but does this one minister to you? Do we take sharing the gospel seriously? I think everybody in this room ought to do a funeral one time. Do you take the gospel seriously about telling others? Do you care that your children are saved, that your uncle, that your aunt, that your coworker is saved? Do you take it seriously? It's more important than worrying about hurting their feelings. That's what I hear all the time. I don't want to share. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, I can tell you what, guys. Most time when I'm witnessing to an unbeliever and they're drinking a beer, they try to give me one. Or they're doing something, they try to get me involved in what they're doing. So why don't we try to get them involved with what we're doing? Something that lasts forever. Gary put this word out the other day that I thought was unbelievable. 
And it's October the 5th he wrote it if you want to go look it up. But I'm going to address the church with it. But my people, what is your attitude regarding the lost? What kind of burden do you have for them? Do we even have a burden for the lost? Would we rather see Biden and Pelosi or Donald Trump and all the others go to hell? Or would, do we have a burden for them? And I'm using them because they're in the news. But what about your coworker or whoever? Do we have a burden for them? Again, a word from the Lord. Gary believes Jesus gave this to him by the Holy Spirit. If they die without Jesus and are condemned to hell, condemned from the presence of me for, for me for eternity, how does that make you feel? Is your attitude one that says they deserve what they get? Or is your attitude one of sorrow for their indecision to accept Jesus? And I'm going to stop there because I think we got categories of sin. I believe that people in this room have categories of sin. I fight against it. Now, this sin here, that's the bad one. And this sin over here, it's okay because I do it. Guys, sin is sin. Sin is sin. I think that, if you don't know the truth, slander and gossip does more damage to the kingdom of God than probably anything. Untruth. Lies. But it's just the same as sexual immorality. So if you're condemning somebody with sexual immorality problems, and you've got a mouth that doesn't know when to zip it, you're in the same place. A true disciple of mine has an overriding burden for those who are outside of a relationship with me. They are motivated by a desire to introduce the lost to Jesus, to give the opportunity for eternal life that they have an expectation for those who do not have that expectation. Can you be excited for somebody that doesn't know the Lord and see them knowing the Lord and pray them knowing the Lord and having faith that they receive it one day? So evaluate yourself. How motivated are you to see the lost saved? You may find just how much value you place on your own salvation in the process. And I thought that was a good word from, from Gary. Over my lifetime, it's, there's two times that I know for a fact that God told me to, to, to lead somebody to the Lord or at least present the plan. One time I did it. They didn't receive it. And they died in a car wreck a few days later. And I just pray that, that, that again, it's between them and God. Okay. Another one, about the same time frame, good friend of mine, the Lord said to, to, to do this, to give him the salvation message, and I chickened out. And they'd actually died that night. 
neither one of them I was happy about. But at least on one of them I could say I presented the gospel. Whereas the other one I didn't, and that bugs me to this day. And again, I, I, I feel bad about both of them. And again, I hope that they made a decision for the Lord. If we truly believe in the gospel and the message of the gospel, we would have a passion for God more than anything else. We would have a passion for people more than anything else. And we would have a passion for, in this case, this church more than anything else. If you're visiting another church, then you'd have a passion for the church you come from. And I see that in Oakton. And at this time, we'll talk about the building fund because this brings joy to us. But last week, so many people are invested in what this body's doing about our goal is to go save disciple sin to win the lost. This is a building we live in. We're trying to pay the debt. Last week, $16,000 come in if you want to put that slide up. Just give the Lord praise. But are we joyful in our tithe? And our tithe, again, we talked about last week is the 10% that we're to give to God. Do we, do we even give 10% to God? Because we believe in the gospel message? Because we believe in him? Because we want that money to go to winning souls to the kingdom, people? That we want to give to the church so that they continue to do that? Is our tithe important? Is it the first thing we write out each week, each month, however? Because we believe in the gospel message. We have a passion for God. We have a passion for people. And we have a passion for the church. And we want to do everything possible to win people to the kingdom of God. The first act of obedience is God said, confess and believe. Be water baptized. Another act of obedience is tithing. Well, I believe in the kingdom, but we don't tithe. I believe in God and the power of God, but we don't tithe. The offering of this building things above the tithe. To be honest with you guys, we're really tough in tithe right now. A lot of you will say, well, it's because you're doing the building thing. 43 people have given to the building. I think that's awesome. 43 people have given to this offering. And, and I wondered myself, are we just not tithing now? As near as I can tell, 95% of those giving are tithing. And the other ones I can't say because the cash that comes in. But this is not affecting the tithe at this point. I think what's affecting the tithe is if we're not here, we don't give. We're numbers are down because of COVID. And that's okay. You can watch outside and online. But we still need to give. We still need to tithe. We're still a part of the kingdom. So if we have a passion for the kingdom, 
If we have a passion for, for people that they're saved and we have a passion for the church, we will give joyfully. So my question is, do we take sharing the gospel seriously today? I wanted to chase this rabbit today a little bit, and the Lord didn't take me down the road, and I'll just read it, but it's, it's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and if I dug more, I could probably find it in John. But again, when you see something in the Scripture that many times, we need to take notice of it because it's a problem or a good thing or whatever. But Jesus said, and I'll read it from Mark eight thirty six. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? We need to pursue Jesus, number one, over all things. In our jobs and everything else, they're going to fall into place behind that. You want the best job ever, then you pursue Jesus. You want the best spouse ever, then you pursue Jesus. If you want joy, then pursue Jesus. The altar call today is, and boy, I hope we take a look at our lives today. I hope we really look at our lives. Believe me, I've examined my life. And I've been encouraged by Roseanne, and I've been encouraged by Helen. And I've examined my life, and I want to be closer to Jesus. I want all of Jesus. But I ask you today, and I'll just go through the points. Yes or no, will the day you die be better than the day you were born? Think about that. Where are you going to go when you die? Because if it's hell, it's not going to be better than the day you were born. But if it's heaven, it's going to be better than the day you were born. Are we examining ourselves daily? And as Solomon says, would we rather attend a funeral than a party again? Would we rather do what is right and examine ourselves and make sure we're staying in the will of God or just party on and do what we want? You know, pastor, I'm not there yet, but but sin's got me in a bad place and I need to repent. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe on your heart, you're going to be forgiven. You're going to be forgiven. Yes or no, are we sharing the gospel? And the reason I say that today is that Carthage, we're going to be training tonight to go out next week to Doorknock. And we're going to be bringing that to Oakton. And we're going to take the same plan to Oakton Central, excuse me, because we're all Oakton. If you want to come down and street witness, then come tonight to the meeting. And we're going to have training tonight. And then next week, we're going to go out and street witness. If you want to be a part of that, let me know. But we're going to bring that plan to Oakton Central and do the same thing. Do we take the gospel seriously? Do we take our children's salvation seriously, our family, our friends, etc.? 
Yes or no, are we obeying God with our time, our tithes, and our talents? Again, I remind you today that God is pursuing you. God has made a way. God's grace is sufficient. Our choice and choices is what determines our eternity. Let's stand to our feet today. John 14, 6, again, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we'd be saved. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 10, 9 and 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Father, you've seen our hearts today, and I just leave it at your feet. Father, I leave this body at your feet today. And Father, I ask that that your will be done in their lives. And, And Lord, we know what your will is. Father, I ask that our wills would release and allow you to be who you want to be in our lives. Father, that we'd cry out and say to you today, Father, I want you and your desires in my heart more than anything. Father, give me the desires of your heart. And Father, that's what I ask across this body today. But these altars are open today for us to examine ourselves. Because again, this life is like a word in a 700-page book. I was going to get into hell today and talk to you about how bad it was. If I don't need to, it's bad. Instead, I chose to tell you how good heaven was. How good Jesus was. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's what fulfills. These altars are open. If you're not saved today, come to me. If you're struggling and need prayer over things, come to the front. And if you're just wanting to pray for the lost, come. Let's take a time to pray.